0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned, we got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And what do we mean by turning your cities upside down? Well, the scriptures, come on, is giving you revelation knowledge on the kingdom of heaven and he's given you authority and power to go out there and to destroy the works of the devil. And by doing that, you are literally making wrongs right. Really, you're writing things. People are living in an upset world right now. Things are perverted, they're twisted, they're turned upside down, they're walking upside down, the blood's rushing to their head, and they don't even know it that they're getting delusional because they're living under the power of darkness. But you've been authorized, friend, to get out there And to break that spell off of people. And when they begin to come to the knowledge of the truth, their worlds begin to become right. That's what we mean by helping you to turn your world upside down. Anyways, hey, I'm so glad to be back in the studio. If you're following along, if you're one of our uh, listeners, part of our audience on the podcast, you knew that I was gone the first two weeks of the year. I want to give a big shout out to my good friend, Pastor Bob Castello. He took the helm and he captained this ship like he knew exactly what he was doing, hallelujah, and uh, set the tone and the pace for the year. I'm so thankful, Bob, thank you so much for taking the first two weeks of the podcast. If you haven't yet listened to those, you need to go back in the archives, catch up on what Pastor Bob was uh, sharing with the Holy Ghost, some really good things that Holy Ghost was sharing with us, so uh, just want to say thank you, Bob, for doing that. Man, I missed you guys so much. Um, I, I don't know if the podcast audience what, what you know or don't know, but we got stranded in Florida. I know it's tough work. Somebody had it had to do it. We were in the historical area of uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, you know, got stranded for an additional two weeks. I know it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Somebody had to do it, and you know what? I'll I'll just do it. I'll just do it. If nobody else will go, I'll go. But uh, anyway, so we uh, had some automobile issues, we got those fixed, but uh, the Lord blessed us with an extended stay down there and just wasn't uh, set up for me to be able to do the podcast while I was away, but uh, so glad to be back and uh, starting 2022 strong, hallelujah. We're going to start strong and we're going to finish strong in the mighty name of Jesus. In fact, that's what I, uh, that's what I want to uh, kind of talk about today. We'll jump right into the podcast Today, and I want to talk about finishing strong with finishing fathers. Finishing strong with finishing fathers. Many years ago, I was doing this youth camp, and uh, it was the last night of the camp. I I think it was 2010. It was the last night of the camp. It was the last meeting, and uh, it was the last part of the last meeting of the last night. And I heard myself say something. And uh, it has never left me. It imprinted on my spirit, although I really didn't know what it meant, but it was a prophetic declaration. And the Lord said, just as he had established founding fathers, like in the beginning, just as he had established founding fathers, so too in this time we'll have finishing fathers. And I heard myself say that, and I've pondered that. And over the years, gosh, that's been what, uh, 12 years ago now, uh, almost 12 years ago. And as I have pondered that and meditated that, Uh, the Lord has added to that. And I have increased in my understanding. I've increased in my knowledge of things. You know, um, I believe that our walk is a progression in this sense. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace. And one verse in Psalms says strength to strength. And so uh, another passage says that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. So it's it's a progression, right? Uh, you, You don't start out with everything and uh, you begin as an infant, uh, but you begin to grow, you mature. And so the Lord adds to us, we develop, we grow, we come into things. Um, You know, we we don't start out with everything. We don't start out knowing everything, but Holy Spirit works with us and we begin to develop and our understanding and our knowledge increases. God adds to us, we begin to walk in more light. And so over the years, that has grown in me. What the Lord said, even though I had no clue, I didn't even know of some of the, uh, you know, there there are people, there are streams, you know, other groups, other camps, that really have a phenomenal knowledge of some of these things. They have articulated uh, scriptural truths very well. They've become specialists, you know, if you will, and uh, the Lord has put me in relationship with some of these groups that have really dug into the scriptures on the revelation of Creator God as Father, and then you and I, who are destined to be one in Christ Jesus, we are one with Him, but we're coming into the full stature, the full pattern. We're filling that, that blueprint out, if you will. And that revelation is a revelation of the Son. And so Heavenly Father could have used any terms, He could have used any words, He could have articulated this in any way He wanted to, but He chose to reveal it in the terms Of father and son. And we see that expressed in various dimensions uh, in the natural realm. you got to understand the natural realm does not govern the spiritual realm. No, Uh, we found out in the book of Job when God kind of, you know, got involved in Job's tragic situation there, uh, somewhere in the 30s, I'd, I'd have to look it up, maybe chapter 36, 37, something like that. Don't quote me on that. But somewhere right in there, God says this thing to Job, and it's very it's very powerful, it's pivotal, it's paradigmatic. And he said, hey, and I'm gonna paraphrase, but he basically told Job, he said, look, you don't know this, so I'm gonna tell you this. But that realm, the realm you don't see, that dimension, the heavenly realm, is what influences or governs this natural realm. You gotta understand, Job didn't know that at that point, but that helped him, and it should help you and me too. This realm is a derivative of sorts. It's under the influence of a higher law, a more powerful reality than the natural realm and uh, so Father chose to reveal how things work in the spirit and he used this uh, this these terms, this language, he used this relationship that you and I know as father and son to express a very powerful spiritual reality and it was 12 years ago when the Lord, uh, you know, used me to say this phrase I knew nothing about. I didn't know what it meant. I mean, generally, but yet I had definitions based on natural definitions. I had not yet come into the spiritual revelation of how the how things work in the spirit and how that arrangement in, in the heavenlies, how that literally governs this realm. You know, and that's where a lot of people are stuck. That's one reason why their worlds are upside down is because they look at the natural as the ultimate Uh, definition of everything. No, the natural realm is easily manipulated. What you see or hear may not be the truth. It may be factual, but it may not be the truth because it can be manipulated, twisted, perverted, flipped upside down. So we got to get a higher knowledge, a higher wisdom. And that's what the scriptures, Holy Spirit, Revelation, Father, that's all this is working together uh, to give us the knowledge of really how things work. So I want to kind of get into this because that really impacted me greatly and i've been on this quest this journey hallelujah i didn't even orchestrate it uh the lord was revealing to me my destiny hallelujah and in a lot of ways uh the people that god has assigned me uh positioned me to minister to this is a part of your destiny this is a part of revelation knowledge that god's trying to get over to you as well hallelujah and uh So he said, just as in the beginning when I had founding fathers, or he established founding fathers. Now, of course, he was referring to uh, uh, my immediate understanding went to the founding fathers of this nation. And uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, that prophetic word concerns that as well. But he said, just like there were founding fathers, you know, God uh, set out to do a thing. And so he set up fathers that would begin this thing, right? Uh, just like Father Abraham, he was going to do a thing. He was going to do a thing by faith. And so he established a founding father, a- Abraham. He's our founding father, if you will. He's the father of our faith. He's the father of those who come to f- come to righteousness by faith. And so that's what God does. He'll, he'll, he'll set up a father to begin a thing. But then he said, just like I had founding fathers... He said, so too in this time you'll have finishing fathers. What are finishing fathers? Well, men and women that God has established at this point in history that will begin to do a thing, they'll be anointed to help establish the ending. He said, he, he, he called them finishing fathers. These are fathers that are gonna come alongside us. God's gonna put us in relationship with them and they are going to empower us, uh, equip us. There's an inheritance in them. God is uniquely aligning us with, and part of that inheritance is the finish. It's bringing this thing to a finish. Your and I, uh, let me see, is that the proper English? My and yours, me and you, I and you, I and us, us and we. (laughs) Our work, let me say it like that, is the finish. Our work has to do with the end of days or the fullness of the times or the mature things okay the last days the end of days of the fullness of the times is another another way of saying maturity we've come into maturity everything's come to its maturity point that's your and i work that's that, that's what our work is we're working with the mature things of the spirit not because of anything necessarily you and i have personally done but because it's the work assigned to us uh and that's because of the time in which father has put us on the earth he has a timeline and there is a progression of sorts, even though it's eternal. But there's a, a progression of sorts because there is a continuation of himself. And um, you and I just so happen to be placed in a very particular part of what the Bible gives us a seven-day uh, period of time. The, the biblical timeline is seven days. You and I are right at the end of the sixth day. Hallelujah. And so there is a particular work associated with the time in which you and I live. Now, so these finishing fathers, these are men and women. Uh, I don't know how uh, detailed I'll get today in this podcast. Um, I don't want to go super long, but um, uh, these finishing fathers uh, are men or women Uh, because it's not gender specific in this sense, because uh, number one, let's establish this, that there's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. So in that, in that sense right there, you're not identified by your maleness or your femaleness. You are identified by your position in Christ Jesus. And so in the heavenly realms, you're, you're, you wouldn't necessarily be called a uh, you know, woman. You, you would be referred to as a son. And uh, so I, I don't want to get distracted by all of that because you know, people can take that and get weird with it. We don't need to get weird with it, but you're not identified by your gender. You are identified by your position and you are in Christ Jesus. You are one with him. And Father had a son, and you and I are, are joint heirs. You and I are, are part and parcel, bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You, we are the body of the head, Jesus Christ. And so we are united together in that uh, person, which is the son of the Heavenly Father. He's the son of the Most High. So you and I are sons, and that's the, that's the revelation. Now, cha- Father has chose to articulate this arrangement, this dynamic by using what you and I would know as a father-son relationship. And the unique thing um, about uh, sons is that sons are inheritors. Now, let me give you this really uh, briefly here. Um, Abraham, he said, hey, uh, because you're not giving me a son, I'm gonna give everything I have to my servant. Man, how, how, how generous is that? That is absolutely amazing. I mean, that's benevolent. That's honorable. I mean, here was a servant that he raised up in his house, faithful. Uh, and he said, you know what? I'm going to leave everything um, to my servant. But the Lord said, well, and I'm going to paraphrase. But the Lord said, well, actually, that's not how things work in the spirit. Uh, let me give you a son. And so you know that there was a, mirac- there was a miracle there. Uh, I I mean, because in the natural, Abraham and Sarah were not able to have children. So God did a miracle so that this realm, come on, would come under the influence and the dominion of how things work in the spirit. And father chose to arrange this thing in such a way to where all that father has wouldn't go to a servant. All that father has goes to a son. Now, listen, let me get ahead of myself and we'll back up here everything that fathers have don't go to servants. The inheritance that a father has goes to a son. Now, it doesn't have to be biological. You understand we're dealing with spiritual laws. We're dealing with revelations of how things work in the spirit. It doesn't have to be a biological son, although that would be a phenomenal arrangement because it is a God orchestration. But you understand in our literal culture today, especially the Western culture, there was so much disrespect and dishonor towards parents, such a sabotaging of the relationship between fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, et cetera, uh, that many times the sons have no interest at all in what father's doing. Uh, And then we would have to ask, is father, uh, you know, is he aligned with what heavenly father had for him? So, you know, there's a lot of variables here, but the point that I wanna make is generally in our culture, there is such a disconnect and uh, there is no, there is there is really not much of an inheritance because of the severing or the dishonor that is associated here. So the way it works in the spirit is it doesn't have to be biological. I mean, obviously, again, those are very unique, special, God-designed and orchestrated relationships. Your literal children, but there can be spiritual inheritors because it's not just uh, natural because it is spiritual. And so let's go back to Abraham. So we see that he said, look, I don't have a son, so I'm going to give everything I have to my servant. Father said, that's not how things work in the spirit. Let me do something miraculous here that would align you with how it works in the spirit. And I'm going to give you a son. And that son, come on, will inherit everything that you have. All right. And then we go into uh, the New Testament. And in the book of Hebrews, we find out something about Moses. Moses. And it says that Moses was a faithful servant in all the house, but Jesus was faithful as a son. Remember that in the book of Hebrews. Well, if you go back to the Old Testament, you'll find out that Moses did not go into the promised land. Why didn't Moses go into the promised land? Because he was a servant and not a son. Servants don't inherit the promises. Servants don't inherit. Only sons inherit. Who did lead the covenant people into the promised land in the Old Testament. Well, it was Joshua. Well, guess who Joshua is? You know how you say Joshua and Heb in Hebrew? Yeshua, Yeshua. It's either Yeshua or Yeshua. Joshua is Yeshua. What is Jesus? Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua. <laughs> so when people say Yeshua, they're referring to the Hebrew. The Hebrew. Um, way of saying it but you and i would know it uh yeshua as joshua so joshua come on what did he do he led the people into the promised land what is joshua well he was a type right he was a type of who jesus in the new testament who would lead come on the heirs of covenantal promises the joint heirs of covenantal promises into the fullness of their promise but why well, Hebrew says because Jesus was faithful as a son. Listen, somebody had to be raised up. Servants can't, uh, servants don't inherit. That's not how things work in the spirit. Now, I'm not saying that uh, there's anything wrong with um, somebody blessing a servant. Blessing, uh, you know, so don't, 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 don't misunderstand or blow this thing out of context and get off into exaggerations. Uh, but what we see is, is that a servant could not come into the inheritance of a father. There needed to be a son. That's that's the way God, a father Father chose to have this arrangement. And so he was going to back it with Abraham by doing something supernatural. Um, Now, in today's time, this is still in existence. The way that Father, Heavenly Father, is able to perpetuate down through the generations the spiritual inheritance, and not just and not just um, uh, taking. Let me see. I'm, I'm gonna have to do this math really easy here, to, so I can get this point across. It's not just taking uh, one apple, okay? And and father says, "Hey, I've worked my whole life, and I have this apple, so I'm gonna give it to my son." Well, the son's gonna slice it, and then he's gonna eat of his. He's gonna partake of his inheritance. And but yet so half of that apple's gone and so now he's got to save it for his son and so he gives half an apple to his son and so now the grandson say he's got half an apple so he's going to slice it in half and then he's going to keep back a quarter listen that's not how inheritance works now that's how it works for some folk but that's not how it's supposed to work the inheritance that we have from father abraham say has increased it wasn't that each generation took a slice and then saved this little slice and from Abraham to now, we've just got this microscopic piece of this apple. See, I just use that just for the sake of easy math where you can understand this easily. No, no, no. What's what's to happen is a father begins to, uh, God does a thing in a father because he uses fathers. Now don't get hung up on gender here, okay? But God uses fathers to begin a thing because they carry the seed. And they're to develop that thing, and then they have sons, and then they bring sons into the knowledge and the understanding of the inheritance, the thing that father is doing in and through them. And then sons, if they're not prodigals, come on, if if a son isn't a waster, what he'll do is he'll grab hold together with father, and they'll take that inheritance and they'll expand the inheritance. So it's not just one apple being transferred, and then the son has to cut off half of that apple, and then partake of his heritage. And then, you know, the next generation cuts and cuts and cuts. and That would be a diminishing. That, that you know, by the time, you know, it wouldn't take long, there'd be no apple left. No, 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 that's not how it works. They grab hold together. And there is a sowing, if you will, of that apple. And fathers and sons expand. Come on, they they, they, they get into the possibilities together. Come on. And there's an, a syner- there's an increase, there's a synergy, there's a multiplication, there, there is an expounding, there is a revelation. See, that's the thing about the prodigal son. He asked for his inheritance and then he disconnected from his father. Prodigal is not waste, uh, excuse me, prodigal is not backslider. Uh, sure, it can maybe include some of those elements, but the thing about the prodigal son is he was a waster that that was the dishonor is he took his inheritance and then separated himself from his father and joined himself with a stranger oh man in our western culture we just we just don't see the dishonor in that but you 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 might as well uh you might as well defecated on the front porch of your dad's house lit it on fire and then rang the doorbell and ran off. That's how dishonoring that uh, and the love of the father though, I, I mean we're not diminishing that father still had this this deep love for his son and waited for his son to what come to his senses. Listen, you're to be partnered with me still. This relationship of father and son isn't over. just because you got part of your inheritance doesn't mean, in fact, what the Bible is expressing here is how demonically inspired separating himself from his father even after he was now able to access his inheritance really was. You understand the strategy of the enemy? And this is why the spirit of Elijah, it's mentioned in Malachi, that one of the messages of Elijah is the message of fathers returning to the sons and sons returning to the fathers that the breach Uh, that the healing of the breach, that the returning of the partnership together in the transfer of spiritual things, even natural things, but but it's more than natural things. It's spiritual things that the transfer of spiritual inheritance, that, that that breach would be healed. And when the breach is healed, it would literally, it would remove the curse there's a curse or a limiting factor that comes in into play when the breach between the fathers and the sons disconnects them from the transfer of spiritual inheritance. So I've been meditating this because when God wants to do a thing, he begins to raise up fathers. Now, sure, everybody's afraid of this message. I totally understand it. There's been abuse after abuse, after abuse, after abuse, after abuse, after abuse. After abuse. All right, okay. Well, don't go outside because there's weirdos out there. I mean, you need to stay inside. Won't you be a, a hermit? Hallelujah. Just go live in a cave somewhere. I, I mean, because it's bad out here. But listen, we've got to have to get over all the uh, perpetrators and, and counterfeits and false this and false that and return back to the revelation of the scripture. And this, there's some key things in this right here. And uh, the the biggest key is that that's how God transfers. Um that that's how one uh, that's how a thing, that's how one spiritual reality that a generation labored for, that's how that spiritual reality becomes the a double portion in the next generation is because of the connection, the posturing, the relationship, the revelation that this this generation fathered something. And so I'm going to posture myself as an inheritor in order to receive the double portion of that thing. So God can, can perpetuate it down through the generations. We don't have to get weird about it. Nobody's saying, come up and say, Papa, dad, dad. But, 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 but the revelation is the sensitivities, the tenderness, the trust, uh, that you would have with your natural father is a similar. And, uh, uh, I mean, I, oh my gosh, so many people have daddy issues. You can't even talk about this. Um, but it that that helps. <laughs> it helps. It helps because there is to be a uniting of the hearts. A uniting of, of the hearts. And when there's a uniting of the hearts, the inheritance flows. And when there's a uniting of the hearts, then there is an expansion. When there's a uniting of the hearts, the fathers and the sons work together and it just goes. Now, prodigals, prodigals are demanding. Prodigals demand. Prodigals have no intention uh, they don't even care about where, where, where the, whatever happens to the father. It doesn't matter. And, and, and in our culture, a lot of us are waiting until dad's dead anyways. Uh, mom and dad are dead. You know, we're just kind of biding our time, doing our own thing until they're dead. And then whatever they leave us, then uh, we'll just take it and do whatever we, we want with it. Well, you know, I mean, there's some perversions in that. There's some real deception in that. There's some real twistings of that. But it's all we've known. Uh, You know, I mean, if if you've grown up in the West in the last 50 years, that's all you've known. Uh, I mean, there's a whole generation of people right now. uh, They think dad's absolutely stupid. Mom's overbearing. And uh, they're they're just waiting. I mean, uh, they're not even waiting. They're already gone. I mean, they're gone by the time they're 12. Like most media today, most movies, cartoons, it is grooming children to get away from mom and dad. Listen, but that's an antichrist strategy. As soon as you sever your heart from your fathers, you lose your inheritance. So what God's doing is is he's going to bring into play right now. He he, he is. They are already on the scene. They're already on on the scene. Fathers, which by the way, could be male or female. Let's not get weird uh, about it, but females can exhibit fathering spirit. Uh, don't have to be weird, weird, weird about it, but just like you you and I carry a spiritual womb, and, I, and I'm and i a dude, I don't have a womb in the natural, but in the spiritual realm, I can get pregnant with the word of the Lord and give birth to it, okay? We don't have to get weird about that, but I'm just saying similarly, how things work in the spirit, women can exhibit a fathering spirit about themselves. Um, and uh, uh, women can also posture themselves as a son, you can call them daughters, doesn't matter. We're not gonna get weird over this thing. What I'm saying is, though, we're gonna find out how this works in the spirit so that we can uh, get in the proper position and release our faith. So, God is bringing into our life finishing fathers. And what these finishing fathers are anointed to do is transfer. Come on, and specifically, specifically, here's my opinion. Uh, here's what I understand. Here's my part. I have a puzzle piece. I'm going to play it. I'm going to put my puzzle piece down on the table. Other people have other puzzle pieces. I, I don't have every puzzle piece for the, for this thing, but I have a puzzle piece. I'm going to set it down on the table. And then, um, you are going to, uh, have a greater understanding uh, than what you had before, because I'm going to play my piece. Now, other people have pieces. And if you'll seek, seek the Lord, he's going to, uh, He's, he's going to fill out the vision for you. Uh, but I know one thing that the Finishing Fathers are doing right now is they are bringing us into our inheritance of maturity, our inheritance of mastery. And that's part of you and I's work. That's, that's part of our inheritance right now. That's what we're to grab hold of together with the Fathers, and uh, we're, we're to take it into its fullness. The, the mature things of the Spirit, mature demonstrations – and then mastery, mastery of spiritual things. That's what we're working on, um, right now. And, uh, so, so look for these, look for these, look for these, uh, you know, and there's, there's terms and, um, you know, I was just down in Florida with this group and the, and these guys are experts. I, I mean, they have studied this, they've looked over this. I mean, the, some of the language is more common to them than it is even to me, um, so you know, other people know more than I do is what I'm trying to say, but I'm coming into some understanding, and uh, because I had the word, I had the word of the Lord on it back in 2010, and I am more aware now. I am more keen now, uh, looking for these divine voices uh, that God is setting up because they hold part of my spiritual inheritance. Part of my destiny is within these fathers. Part of my fullness is within these fathers. Now, <clears throat> uh, let, let me give you some basic scripture because I know people freak out about this. You know, if you were alive in, in the 80s, you're freaking out because you think it's a restoration or a, some sort of resurgence of the, um, of the shepherding movement. Uh, but the shepherding movement got way out there into abuses. They got off in, in, into error. And, uh, and so, so we need to be aware of the exaggerations. We need to be aware of the overemphasis on certain things um, and not fall back into some of the issues. But um, uh, my goal is what does the scripture say? Yeah, I don't necessarily care about what so-and-so says. I mean, so-and-so can say anything. I mean, there's all kinds of man-made this and that, but what does the scripture say? And for something to be biblical, you need to have, uh, need to have Bible on it. For something to be scriptural, you need to have scriptures on it. And uh, we at least need to have, come on, several witnesses. I'm talking about biblical witnesses. And I've already given you uh, a couple major ones. Uh, well, I've given you three already just in our podcast this morning, but let me show you this here. Now, we are uniquely uh, arranged uh, in a body formation and there is knitting and joining together, which has an outworking. And wherever there's disconnects from the knits, you know, those areas that are to be knit and those areas that are to be joined, wherever there's disconnect there, uh, you're, you're not gonna have effective working and instead of growth, you're going to have um, the opposite. Uh, you would have a shrinking, a shriveling. You would have a death of sorts there. And that's in Ephesians 4, 16. Uh, there's other verses, but this one's, this one's good. And it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Now, listen, every part of the body is arranged in the body in a particular way. We know God has orchestrated He has defined it. We don't argue with his definitions. We yield to his definitions. We've already realized that Father has arranged people in various, I don't even know if this is the best of words, but I'm going to use it right now, various formations. He's arranged the body in various formations to express spiritual realities and eternal truths. Some of those arrangements are husband-wife. Some of those arrangements are fathers and sons or or parents and children. Some of those arrangements are head and body. Some of those arrangements are pastor, teacher, uh, uh, evangelist, apostle, prophet. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of those arrangements are elders, overseers, bishops. These these are biblical words, biblical terms. Some are Greek. They may not be Hebrew. They may not be uh, Aramaic. But anyways, I digress. But he has arranged he has arranged how things work in the spirit and he has expressed these eternal truths through these arrangements all right and so wherever these arrangements are there's a knitting and a joining that's that's how they work together and so there are those that are fathers and when we join and get fit Together, in the appropriate arrangement, there's a demonstration of an eternal truth. Now, in the arrangement of fathers and sons, one of the demonstrations, at least, of an eternal truth is the transfer of spiritual inheritance. Now, the way it should go is it should be double portion, double portion, double portion. When we talk about Elijah and Elisha, what, what was transferred there? Well, the spirit that was on Elijah... Elisha said, I want a double portion. He said, you've asked a hard thing. It wasn't impossible, but it was a hard thing. And Elisha had to stay close enough to Elijah. And part of the transfer of inheritance is that we run close enough. We stay close enough. We honor, honor. I mean, honor is huge, 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 huge. I just did a mess My last message of 2021 was titled Finishing Strong with Finishing Fathers. And I subtitled it Honor because we dealt with honor as a mechanism. Of course, I don't want to denigrate it or, or you know, uh, lower it by using that word. Honor is amazing, but it is a law. And uh, favor isn't fair. Honor isn't fair. And some people who know how to utilize honor can utilize it to their advantage. It's not an agenda, but they can utilize this law to their advantage. And so honor becomes, uh, honor becomes the heart posture that we take in order to solidify that relationship to our spiritual uh, fathers to receive the double portion. Let me give you scripture for that so you don't think I'm weird. Ephesians 6, what did he say? What did he say in Ephesians 6, 1? Children, what do you do? Obey. So there is a mechanism right, right there. You, you want double portion? Then obey. What's the second mechanism? Honor your fathers and your mothers. So what are you going to do? You're going to figure out what honor is. You're going to figure out how honor works. And then you're going to submit and utilize honor. Listen, honor is a strategy. Submission is a strategy. Humility is a strategy. And if people will stop being stupid, you will utilize these strategies to your own spiritual development. And it'll be pure. It'll be right It'll be holy, and actually, you'll you'll be found submitting to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah! Oh, it's phenomenal! It's phenomenal! You know, I I I'll, I find it fascinating that people uh, like when it comes to sowing and reaping, they'll say things like, "Oh man, I don't give to get." Well, then <laughs> then you don't believe in sowing and reaping. You believe in sowing. You don't believe in reaping. <laughs> Some people say, oh man, you know, I just give. Well, oh, praise God. Well, there's a whole nother part that you're not submitted to. I mean, it is Father expects you to sow. Yeah, totally. Give. Give, 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 give. You know, people say, I don't, I don't expect anything. Well, the Bible says in Matthew that uh, when when you give, give in such a way that the father sees. I always give to get. I always give to get father's attention. <laughs> And man, if I can figure out what captures his his attention, I will double down on it. If I do something that pleases Father, I'm gonna do it again and again and again, hallelujah. I'm not stupid. I'm gonna do whatever captures Father's attention. And if Father says, obey, then I'm gonna obey. Why? Because it pleases Father. I'm going to obey because I'm gonna get Father's pleasure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop being weird about this kind of stuff and start utilizing it to your advantage. That's why people are ignorant on some of these things. They say, well, yeah, I, did, yeah, I was, well, you know, you know what that is? That's false humility, a.k.a. pride. It's pride. And you're being utilized by the devil to sever you, to to delay you, to detract, to detour, de, uh, detour you down a path that you really don't want to go down. Hallelujah. And part of the reason why people are where they're at right now is because they have not utilized these laws to their advantage. And I know that messes people up. Utilize it to my advantage. Well, have you ever flown in a plane? Then you've utilized the law of gravity, the law of aerodynamics, the laws of lift. You have used them to your advantage so you didn't have to walk there. I I just got back from Florida and we drove. It was 16 hours. Actually, it was 18 hours because I had my kids with me. Yeah, we drove. Now, would it take it? It, it would have took twenty three days to walk it. I I, I think that's what um, Google, Google Map said. That if we if if I was to walk, it'd be twenty three days. If I was to ride a bicycle, it'd be four days. Uh, uh, driving was uh, sixteen hours. Flying would have been like four hours, depending on the flight. So you can you you can walk, take you twenty three days, or you can utilize the laws to your advantage, and you could fly there. Now, if I really wanted to get something special, I would buy me a Gulfstream G650 and get there in like 30 minutes. Hallelujah, flying at 700 miles an hour. That is utilizing the laws to our advantage. Now stop being ignorant, stop being prideful, and take that false humility mask off and stop being weird about these laws and start using them to your advantage. And so what we're saying here is honor is a strategy. How are you gonna get the double portion? You're gonna honor your fathers and you're gonna honor them in such a way. You don't have a hidden agenda. It's, It's not about a hidden agenda. It is about the transfer. It's not a hidden agenda though. See, the prodigal had an agenda. He had no intention of all, at all, of staying united with his father. We're not talking about that. That is a hidden agenda. That is a selfish ambition. And that was rooted in pride. We're talking about honoring our fathers, these finishing fathers, the ones that God is defining in your life. You don't arbitrarily pick one out either. God defines these relationships. And the father you need may not be the father you want. And the father you're going to have may not be the one that you would have chose. I mean, you're choosing famous so-and-so. I mean, you want Justin Bieber as your father. But uh, that may not be the one God chooses for you. I mean, some, some people want, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, Stephen or, um, you know, or TD or maybe somebody wants Joel. You know, they want somebody famous because you think fame is where you're headed. No, fullness is where you're headed. Maturity is where you're headed. And God has a father that has that inheritance for you in them. And if you're going to access it, you're going to take on the posture of a son, you're going to take on the posture of a son. You're going to take on the position of a son. Why? Because sons are inheritors. Sons are inheritors. Servants aren't inheritors. Sons are. And if you think you're going to come up to a father, and you're going to treat them like a master or an overlord, I'm trying to think of the words here, and uh, and think that you're going to uh, inherit. No, the inheritance that they carry is going to go to a son. It's going to go to a son. Now, uh, I have been in personally involved, and you, you can, if you haven't, you can imagine with me, because this is not difficult to uh, apply these principles naturally, but I have personally been involved in a situation where spiritual inheritance did not go to a biological natural son. Uh, it went to me because I honored the inheritance. Now, could it have gone to the natural son? Sure but they didn't honor the inheritance. Where's that at in the scripture? What about Esau, right? Esau, what did he do? He did not value his inheritance. He did not value his birthright. And so it went to someone else. It went to somebody who would honor it. It went to somebody who would posture themselves as an inheritor. Now, this isn't a fight. It's not a battle because you don't choose it per se. God defines it. But when you yield, come on, when you yield to the posturing that guarantees it, it's a done deal. Hallelujah. And then you obey, you submit, and you honor. Hallelujah. And uh, God will transfer. uh, Let me back up because, you know, this is very important too. Uh, impartation is a real thing, but I don't choose. I don't arbitrarily true choose what I'm going to impart to someone else. That's a spiritual thing. If Father chooses to impart something at the laying on of hands, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. Now, God has arranged it that that impartation would come by the laying on of hands, but I don't, arbit, I don't pick somebody out in the crowd and just say, hey, uh, God, I'm going to lay hands on them and I'm going to give them something. No. Uh, Now, the Bible says, don't be quick to lay hands on people because the laying on of hands, remember in Hebrews 6, this is one of the foundational doctrines. Uh, What is the laying on of hands? Well, it is a powerful tool of transfer. But what I'm saying is I don't arbitrarily just pick someone out and say, hey, you, you in the blue shirt, uh, I want to give you something. Now, I may say under unction of Holy Ghost, hey, you in the blue shirt, Holy Spirit has something for you. And whatever father wills to be transferred will be transferred. Transfer is a legitimate spiritual reality. And it's one that uh, we need to honor. It's one we need to understand. Uh, it's one we need to be watchful of. And, uh, but, but this is what I'm saying. At, remember when the inheritance, uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, remember, Esau squandered his inheritance. I'm trying to get a scripture here. Uh, He he didn't squander it because he never received it. He dishonored it. And Jacob got it. And remember that hands were laid on Jacob. And when Esau realized what he did, he said, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I want this. I, I want it. And remember what his father said. It's a done deal why because hands were laid on and the blessing was released and it it, it 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 you can't revoke it at that point this is this is what we're saying is there some things that God wants to do but unless we um, release our faith in how it works and father has chose to arrange it like this and use these terms like this and i know a lot of people are thinking right now oh man this is going to get weird well it could <laughs> If you make it weird, it's going to get weird. Nobody is saying that you've got to go up and goo, goo, gaga over these fathers. But, but what you're struggling with is father wounds yourself. You may have had a biological father that was imperfect, you may have had other spiritual leaders that have been imperfect, but you can't allow their imperfection. To rob you of what God wants to do in the pure sense of it, and again, nobody is saying that that you got to be at every birthday party and goo goo gaga and do all this kind of stuff. No one's saying you got to kiss him on the cheek. I, I mean, I, I mean, you know, a kiss on the cheek in the New Testament was a sign of honor. Of course, you know, you saw there where um, Judas. I mean, that that was a spit in Jesus's face more than it was a kiss on his cheek. But, uh, but, it, but it was a sign of honor. It was a sign of endearment. I, I mean, there's a lot of things here that I don't have time to go into. Uh, no, nobody's saying that you got to go into some weird place with this, but, but there is a spiritual truth associated with this posturing. And uh, so God wants to bring these finishing fathers to your awareness. They're already within reach. They're already within reach. They're already within reach. And the way that we're going to access that inheritance is by walking in the eternal truth of how Father has arranged certain things and he uses the terms fathers and sons. And he does that because of the heart connection that allows for the transference of spiritual inheritances. Now listen, it doesn't matter how old you are. This is not limited to people who are just in their teens or their 20s. It doesn't matter how old old you are Uh, in fact we need to say this that the closer you get to the fullness of your destiny the more you're going to need spiritual fathers the the lie or the deception is that the older you get the less you need them but where is uh jesus right now he's in the heavenlies where is he seated he's seated at the right hand of who the father Listen, Jesus is in the fullness right now of his his inheritance, and where is he? He's still with his father. That is an eternal truth. Now listen, your dad may be a jerk, I don't know. Your dad may have abused you, I don't know. But that doesn't diminish the eternal truths that God has chose to reveal this, this working through the relationship of a father and a son. You don't have to be connected biologically for you to move in the spiritual reality. God will have fathers and you can have more than one because these, these, these fathers nurture a thing. They begin a thing in you. Uh, let me say it like this, they transfer a thing in you. There's an, an, an inheritance associated with a spiritual father. Uh, and there may be a thing that God is doing in you. There may be a part of your uh, life that father wants to bring into fullness, and so he's going to have a father come alongside in order to get you on into that. Uh, It's different than a mentor. Mentor's not bad. Uh, It's different than a coach. Coach isn't bad, but some of these words carry a connotation that is a protection against the heart. Uh, Father-son language um, would lend to the idea that there's more of a heart connection there. And if if you're just paying for a coach, well, there's a lot of protections that are put in, in place there to where you keep your heart at a distance. You're getting something from them, but there's not a flow. There's, there's not a connection there. This is why the language of fathers and sons is used throughout the scripture. Okay, I think I'm gonna leave, the, leave you there on the podcast. There's a lot more we could say, a lot more we will say as we get into this as, as the Lord begins to unpack it. But let me leave you with this thought here. That in the beginning, just as he established founding fathers, so in this time, he is establishing finishing fathers. Listen, you and I are the finishing generation. We're walking in a finishing anointing, and God's going to bring fathers into our life to see to it that we receive the inheritance of bringing this thing to a close. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you so much, Father, for it. Well, I am so glad that you joined me today on the podcast. Hey, I hope you got something out of it. Uh, If we could partner with you in prayer, it would be our honor to do so. Give us a call, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. That's one way that we can partner with you. We're so thankful for your partnership, all the people that are praying for us, uh, believing with us. It's your prayers, your fervent prayers that are making power available, getting this podcast to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. We thank you for that. I also want to say thank you to all those who have taken their partnership to a financial level. Thank you so much. If you've given to the podcast in any way financially, uh, thank you so much. There is a a cost associated uh, with the... Podcast, And so, man, we're just so honored that you would uh, participate with us on that level. If you want to do that, several ways you can do that. You can text to give if you're in the United States, 84321. That's 84321. Follow the prompts. Go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. There's a giving app as well. Um, You can go to the uh, Play Store or the iTunes Store and download the giving app. Or you can snail mail. P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. All right, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. And until next time, be blessed.